0: The Project Sanctus Affinity Groups provide safe spaces for people to work within their own racial and ethnic groups. Join us every first and third Wednesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Zoom for brave, vulnerable conversations and for building culture through engaging embodied practices. For more details and registration, visit ProjectSanctus.com.
1: Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola.
0: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to With Love and Justice for All, episode 440. Under the belt, uh, I am Reverend Ogan Holder here with my partner in crime and consciousness, Reverend Kelly. How are you, Kelly? I'm good. 40. 40 the big 4-0 and as as we uh decided spontaneously just a couple weeks ago this is also the final episode in our first season uh not not our final episode forever so so don't panic i'm sure some of you listeners had a little knot in your stomach as you heard the word final episode uh yeah just just for the season season one season one coming to an end with this episode and then we will take a little break and then we will. Come we have back. some
2: pleasure things to do.
0: We have some pleasure things to do. We have a lot of pleasure things to do.
2: Um, it's exciting.
0: It is very exciting. Um, and um, if you are wondering why we so excited about pleasure, uh, listen to our previous two episodes, uh, episode yes. 38 and 39, or was that 37 and 38? I don't know. Last two feels like it.
2: Well, they need to hear all of them. But- this is true.
0: This is true. And you can do a lot of catching up um, if you're fairly new to the podcast um, while we are on break. And you're probably asking yourselves, well, when will you return from break? And as soon as we find out, we will let you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, we, <laughs> we we plan, we we keep our plans, we keep our plans and our planning close to the best. We don't even know ourselves. Um, but uh, as always, thank you for listening. And we are... Uh, here having conversations around embodied anti-racism dismantling oppression uh, fostering liberation and uh, some of the special challenges that might arise and are peculiar to spiritual seekers and spiritual communities and you can join our conversation um message us on the socials facebook instagram at get our holy on and you can also watch us record this live in real time and join in on the conversation then as well Um, we do this on facebook we like to say Tuesday at three but I think the last couple of weeks we've been a little bit all over the place on our schedule but regardless well, we,
2: keeping people on their toes
0: keeping <laughs> people on their toes while we get knocked over um yep <laughs> so in the meantime uh you can you can still hit up the Facebook page and, and watch the recording uh if you want and um just a reminder we have a phone number that you can leave a voicemail it's four one three get holy that's four one three four three eight. Four six five nine. For those of you without letters on your phone, and again, this is just this is just a voicemail. Um, I probably won't be answering. But you know what? Hey, if you call me in real time while we're recording the show, I might answer. I don't know. We could we could figure that out. Um, as always, as always, please visit ProjectSanctus.com uh, to see what we have going on uh, to help support the show and all the other work we do with your donations and. Um, just a couple of things coming up next Wednesday, uh, we'll be doing our uh, communal discussion group where we have white bodies and bodies of culture um, in, in, in some deep discussion around how we dismantle and decolonize the systemic oppression uh, within us. And if you want to jump in on some workshops with us uh, we have coming up in october from october 3rd to 6th we will be part of unity's eastern region we'll be presenting there and we're also working on a conscious anti racism uh series of workshops that we will be offering uh throughout the year that you can jump in on at any time so stay tuned um for that uh, i think that's all the i think that's all the announcements for right now um,
2: did you mention the fiction book
0: Oh, that's right. We have we have our we have our fiction book club coming up. In two we're, nights. we're in two nights. We're meeting to discuss um, the last suspicious holdout, a series uh, collection of short stories uh, which are interrelated um, by Laddie Hubbard. Um, if you haven't gotten the book yet, it, it's you know it could be a tight read between now and Thursday. We're recording this Tuesday morning, but it's doable. It's not a it's not a thick book, and then
2: even a little,
0: even a little what?
2: Even if you read some of it. Like oh, you can still be part of a conversation.
0: Right. That's right. They are yeah. they are short stories. You don't you don't have to've have read all of them, <laughs> I guess. You know, technically you don't have to have read any. Just you just show up. It'll be it'll I be I mean, fine. we want
2: you to read them. That's right. the whole purpose. You know, exactly.
0: That. Um and if if you're ready to jump in on the next book, August twenty fifth, we'll be discussing what the Fireflies knew by kai Harris this was described as um a most anticipated book of 2022 by it's Marie good. Clear by Teen Vogue Bugs Feed, Essence um NBC News book right like good. I haven't read it yet I just got I just got my copy from uh our bookstore partner Bliss Books and Wine please check them out blissbooksandwine.com uh, they're a black-owned bookstore, and they will ship these to you promptly. Um, if you order, use our code eight four six book eight four six b o o k uh, to get ten percent discount um, for your purchases there. But uh, yeah, what the Fireflies name? I'm very excited um, to read to read that and and have some discussion around it. So yes, I think that's all all the announcements. Um, so today, um, our episode is called, uh, MLK's letter lost in the mail question mark. Uh, there's no, yeah, there's no yes. question. There is a question mark in the title, but in case my inflection was not clear, MLK's letter lost in the mail. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or, or maybe has not, fo- you know, is it lost in the mail or is it, you know, sometimes you get, you get like really dense. Um, uh letters uh missives um and like
2: it's in you, somebody's junk mail pile
0: <laughs> or maybe or just maybe or just maybe like you didn't get at all the first read or the right. second read or, yep. or the third reading you just you, you have to every new reading gives a new level of perspective uh yes. maybe maybe that's what's happened the eternal optimist in me wants to give people the benefit of the doubt or really it's the eternal type nine in me but um <laughs> but I think, I'll I think have, maybe I'll help
2: burst a
0: bubble or thank, two. You, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but I I'm think it's yes, for may, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, it was lost in the mail. Uh, today we're going to, for our, our, our final episode of this first season, we're going to take a look at this just absolutely powerful, um, um, invitation is too light a word ch- challenge. Um, he was calling some folk out, um mm-hmm. in this in this letter um i think he was really calling them in in order to call them up but uh, and the this, title of the letter uh the letter from birmingham jail
2: yeah well we hadn't said that yet
0: oh sorry i assume people knew you're right i know i i assume people knew i said letter that they don't talk about uh, but you're right thank you for bringing that to our um attention um so so yeah we're gonna take a look at some pieces from that and and maybe not maybe, but talk a little bit about why. Why is it that we haven't done what he's asked yet? Why? why is it uh, that we haven't stepped up to the plate on on this? Um, and and um, when I say we, I almost said when I said we, I meant y'all, white folk. But but when we look at what he's asked of spiritual communities to do as well, I think the uh, I think the invitation is also a little bit broader um as well so so but, but before we jump in tell tell us a little bit about your recent um um adventure your recent thing that that led you to go like hey let's let's do this in our next uh, podcast
2: yes it was an uh I, it was one of those i didn't see it coming but this just this connection was just made as i wandered through um, the Nelson-Atkins Museum, which is here in Kansas City. And the exhibit is the Art Deco exhibit, which is really a, a wonderful exhibit. And as I was moving through it, I was, I just was, it, uh, it just really kept, over and over, I was struck by by how white-centered it really was, the exhibit itself. I mean, art, so Art Deco, um, just if you're not, if you don't really know what it is, it's it's this time period um, in American history. Well, it's actually larger than that; it's global history. But I'm just, ta- I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about it in terms of the United States. That is between World War One and World War Two. So it's it's they call it the war gap. <laughs> I'm like, like although it's something that's going to be repeated again, which sadly probably has been All right. But it's called this war gap, and so it's this time in. In, um, for us here in the United States that, that really it's defined as this time when our society became more open, a little freer, uh, works of art, of architecture, of um, household goods, of, um, y- you know, thingamajigs and technology and everything just um, was just changed clothing. And it was to uh, express this this confidence in the American dream, which the term itself, American dream, I, I do sometimes struggle with because I'm not sure, I know what the historical term is, American dream, you know, you work hard and you're able to get this and this and this, I'm not so sure that that's the dream anymore, nor do I well, want that dream.
0: you you say American dream. Some say uh, waking nightmare. Uh, you know, thin, yes. thin thin line between the two. Some sometimes, sometimes, yes. And 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 just to that point, yes. The the idea of America was um, yes, a land of opportunity where where one can come from anywhere and yes work hard and achieve success based on the merits of who you are and the work you put in um because it was supposed to be in a a level playing field right we didn't you know Mm -hmm. the the quote unquote uh uh, modern america not modern to us but but post-colonization post-colon the the colonized america (laughs) it was supposed to be this place where all were welcome you know and and they didn't have the usual um barriers of of aristocracy and and birthright and all that sort of stuff anybody could show up and do anything however as we all know there you know obstacles were put more obstacles were put in place for uh bodies of culture and and the indigenous people and um Yeah. yeah So, so not, a, not a level playing field and therefore no, a, a nightmare no, which for
1: some. Is,
2: which is one of the things that was one of the threads that kind of ran throughout the exhibit. But mm-hmm. the it was supposed to be this time, and it was for many, um, many white folks anyway, um, I can't, I, um, that these, <clears throat> you know, the advances in buildings, I mean, buildings, really tall buildings and the architecture of them um, uh, made it easier for people to travel to, you know, expanded leisure time. And I w- I thought expanded leisure time, like where? If I'm, you know, toiling and working my ass off to make, to live at poverty level, expanded leisure time, really? You know, and ex- and furnish their homes with these new glass objects and weird shaped, you know. Well, again, metal.
0: expanded leisure time for some. <laughs> For some, yeah. For some, um, not 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 for all. And if you and if you wanted a, if you if you are having trouble picturing what we mean by by uh by an example of this, think of think of the Chrysler Building in New York. That's mm-hmm. a that's an example of of art art yep. deco. And if you've ever been in there, that's that's yeah, kind of blows your mind a little bit. But
2: yeah. Um. But it was also it, it was also um, which it was less evident in the exhibit it was also you know really you know racial tensions economic depression the depression of 1929 yeah um and more disenfranchisement of of americans and marginalized communities even more marginalized
0: well well um this was one of the this was one of the recent fears that we were having about our own current economy because we had Mm. you know world war one ended there was just this you know all uh influx of as we were talking about art and, and and the culture and celebration that the war was over and it led to the roaring 20s and the excesses of the roaring 20s which then came crashing down into the depression right, right. so so there was this sort of um initial fear and concern around um when covid seemed like it was initially coming to an end and people were getting back out and things were reopening and everybody was celebrating and the parties were happening and people were going to the bars and the concerts and there was this beginning to be this like reminiscence of again excess pleasure and hedonism and then covid said hold my bear i'm not quite done yet (laughs) right Right. (laughs) i'll be right back and and here we are be right back i never left the room right (laughs) you just lost sight of me you know, and, when I turn for a drink, but I haven't left the party. I am still here and we're still in a in a pandemic. And as we know, uh, you know, cases are cases are up on the uh on the rise again. Um so so yeah, so 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 it was it was it was part of that post World War One sort of like let's let's get back to life and the indulgences yes, of, of life. Yes, yes. And again for some some for people. Some. Yep.
2: It, yeah. And very and and you know it's interesting too because in this time period, um, unity, you know, a new thought really started to to you know grow um, much more and and spread throughout the country. And I think one of those well, it, is
0: it, it wasn't a perfect time. Sorry,
2: no, but I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be a blessing or a curse, right? <laughs> uh, but it's but because of this radical self responsibility and this, you know. And the, and really shifting to very eye focused like how to, you know, what's in it for me and that access, right? Like I'm tired of world war one, the Spanish flu. Um, you oh know, yeah. I forgot but, about but,
0: that.
2: Right. Right. So it's very, so your analogy to COVID is, is pretty spot on. Um, yeah. Didn't even realize it, but that's, that's when brilliant. That's
0: what, yeah. When my genius gets ahead of even me.
2: I know. <laughs> like, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, but there's a so what I realized as I was moving through this exhibit was first of all, the very first sign that was as you know, y- you walk in and there's a, a big placard that is just a general description of Art Deco, like the time frame, like I said, the war gap, some things about kind of the things I was just saying about. Art deco and and the advances and the changes and the evolution and just you know in art and design and household goods and clothing and cars, um, music and, um, <clears throat> and in the middle and and other social issues. But right in the middle was this very short statement that said, "And when, when women got the vote," and then it kept going. And I and I just thought, really, I'm in a in a five star museum, and they just say when women got the vote you know cuz again we're talking about 1918 to 1939 and i just i i it just stopped me in my tracks because you know when when the the right to vote you know 1920 um the 19th amendment it was pretty much when white women got the vote. Yeah. You know, there there were places in the country where the vote did extend to black women, but it wasn't, but then there were other laws and restrictions that piled on that just made it dangerous and, and putting your life on the line and not allowed to. So it, it was not this, this blanket thing. And that was just, I, I'm not even in the front door. (laughs) And I'm and I'm seeing that. And I just was like, oh, I just expected more from, you know, from a museum of this caliber. Um, I didn't and I didn't need a whole you know, there's a as you move throughout the exhibit, there's little placards and describing Mm -hmm. what you're looking at. And so you can unpack more of that story as you move along. But even just even if there was just another statement sentence in the description um, to to say, you know the 19th amendment um and and give a sentence or two because it's just that that unconscious silent complicitness. right because unless you actually know you're just going to read it and go yeah when women got the vote
0: yeah yeah. um casual casual racism
2: yeah casual wow there's a new one yes nice (laughs) that's not just nice racism it's casual racism It's it's casual casual
0: yeah not not so a new I- not not a new term not a new term but but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah it uh, how it how it in in all these subtle and non subtle ways that it that it shows up is quite quite amazing yeah
2: well and it, and it wasn't a, really for another forty five years yeah so so anyway so I'm I'm moving through the exhibit and it really was good and I what one of the things was interesting is I turned the quarter corner and, corner and there's this dress on a mannequin and I looked at it and I'm like okay, this is from 1920. It could be somebody wearing it today. It was fascinating to see this, you know, and then some other things. And I'm like, I would have this tea set in my house, you know, or I mm. love this painting. I would have, you know, and I and I just, as I was moving through it, I was seeing, um, you know, household things and cars and, and most all of it is luxe items. Right. And I just kept thinking, okay, love the dress, I don't have a budget for this, love the car, not in my world. And I, I, and I just, it kept having a sense of more and more inequity, right. Um, which I think defines the, you know, art deco period. And then I, um, and, and because the art deco period is, you know, I'm looking back at 1918, I start to think like, how, have we come very far? How far have we come? What's changed? Mm. um you know the disparity is still there there were elements for you know celebrating um black artists and photographers um and musicians know, musicians absolutely dancers um yeah. um you know um who's the cj walker the first black yeah. woman millionaire you know her hair products so there were a few things um you know there were also pictures in you know from within Kansas City but i just As I walked through, I just it was odd because I was enjoying I love history and reading about it. And yet I just felt this void, you know, this kind of empty space like what has changed. So that's what led me to, you know, to because I'm going to, you know, write something to the Nelson Atkins. And it just got me thinking about what's changed. And because I have read and listened to Letter from a Birmingham Jail multiple times. There are just these statements in there where I think, okay, next year is—it's fifty-nine years ago the man wrote the letter mm. from jail, fifty-nine years, and I'm like, hmm, I don't, uh, has what you know, and I'm thinking what he said, what he asked for, what he was doing. Um, so that's kind of how the the the, uh, the topic came up and you know thinking i i knew when i was texting you i'm like how do i explain art deco letter from a birmingham jail what do they have to do with each other oh,
0: straight line straight line con, straight line totally. connection connection <laughs> totally i was not confused at all <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. but just one more thing about art deco is uh-huh. there is there was um art deco designers drew on a lot of sources even yeah. before the art deco period like picasso he a, a huge Amount of his paintings and sculptures were inspired by African masks. Yeah, most people don't know that. Uh, but so for Art Deco, um, and there was because there was also a lot of archaeological discoveries um, in um, in the twenties and the early twenties, like you know uh, Tutankhamen, you know Howard Carter. But there were a lot of Egyptian motifs. There were a lot mm-hmm. of African motifs, and um, uh, that permeated design um you know paintings and sculpture and even lamps right so, there's even lamps that have um yoruba um designs and animal motifs that so don't once again get
0: recognized. Uh, yeah one once again the uh the stamp of black genius on things that aren't being honored and recognized correct and given given credit for
2: but i just and also the uh, the the um the woods that were being used, the materials being mm-hmm. used. So, a lot of um, 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 ebony, a lot of ivory, um, teak wood. There's just a Living lot of. Living together
0: in perfect harmony. Right. Side by I side. On my I,
2: ebony and ivory, right. Piano keyboard. But, yeah. <laughs> and can the I, Can loaded. I just say?
0: Can I just say? <laughs> I applaud the effort, but that sound was problematic on so many levels.
2: <laughs> yes, it was. It <laughs> but was. I
0: applaud the effort.
2: Yeah. OK, it's, go ahead. Sorry. OK, but it's but I, I'm just wanting to and I think that's that's one of the pieces that was majorly missing for me. There was not enough attention placed on the the influence and the impact of um, um, Africa and Asia and. Um, 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 on Art Deco work mm-hmm. and particularly African-Americans and. Um, and, and even from Mesoamerica. So uh, I just was having this like, well, what the heck? Like, how many times, you know, have. All the times. Well, culture, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, all I'm the, times. the I'm the ignorant, stupid white lady. <laughs> um, just trying to, you know, that keeps wondering that. Um, yeah. But you know so- what?
0: You know what? Don't, 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 don't be so hard on yourself because it was on mine as you were touring this thing, right? How many yeah. how many other white bodies are walking through the museum looking at this stuff, wondering what you're wondering. So yeah. so so that's that's part of that's part of the learning, that's part of the, the decolonizing is when we see these things to ask these questions, right? right where's where where is the influence the connection to the people who were oppressed during this time because this is yes. america somebody's always been mm-hmm. oppressed So, right. you know because you well, know in some way Pro. yeah you know in some way or shape or form they they've contributed and right. uh often against their will so are we are we are we are we always asking that question and then doing the investigative work to uncover you know yeah after the fact so
2: i just it was that thing when you know long ago when i realized wait so the history lesson i got in elementary school isn't it and so that's in the you know the front of my mind elementary school
0: middle school junior high high school yes i know (laughs) keep on going (laughs) i know all right let's uh let's let's jump in
2: yeah so the the letter from the birmingham jail in case someone's not um familiar altogether familiar with it it's a it's an illust- it's a document that really illustrates how the equal protection clause of the 14th amendment supported and motivated social movements and the social movement that you know is in question in the in the letter is the civil rights movement for the equality of black americans in the 50s and 60s and martin luther king junior was a key leader um, mm-hmm. of that. and he, you know, fighting for civil rights. but his way of doing it was really new. it was it was very different. It was about it was a it was agitating, I love how how it's described, to agitate people um, in nonviolent direct action. Um, and yeah. he mm-hmm. was there. so what he was in Birmingham because he was he realized that um, it's his response, to, he's writing this letter to white clergy who are generally sympathetic to his cause of civil rights, um, and um, they wrote a letter if, in, that went into the newspaper saying that his disruptive practices were not affected, effective, and that black people in Birmingham needed to be patient and wait for the white folks to work through the courts and legislatures, yeah. and then they will have their rights. Yeah. And King would have none of that. Nope. Um, he would have none of that at all so he um he he writes that he's in jail and so he writes this long letter which he's not um generally known for he's more often thought of as this great orator but he really was a brilliant writer um and so his you know his opening to it um you know near the beginning is he just says he came to Birmingham because he um And decided they uh, to desegregate Birmingham and he was going to do it in Alabama's downtown shopping district. And his original plan was to do it at Easter Um, and to do it at Easter because it's a apart from Christmas, it's an extraordinarily busy economic time of the year. So his plan was to economic impact was to disrupt the money and and which is the way to do it. That's still the way to do it. That's how you get yourself in trouble. (laughs) Yes. And that's how he got himself in trouble. Him and hundreds of others were arrested. Now, he did put it off. He postponed it because of a couple of elections that were coming up. And he really he really wanted his his work to stand on its own and not be and yeah. not have some poll voting turn a certain way and then get it all blamed on him. But he he says that he's very clear that he couldn't sit in Atlanta and be concerned about what happens in Birmingham, that, that we've heard before, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And um that we are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. And yeah. that's what I was thinking as I was looking at these exhibits, that we're all tied to this, but how am I tied to this? What's What's the mooring and what's the you know how I'm, I'm tied to this but am i tied to this being dragged along right. or am i tied to this to untie some things and and you know uh create something else a different garment so um i want to play a um a, a segment from the talk that's about nonviolent direct action um okay. because that is his what his one of his you know, driving forces and, and what that means, nonviolent direct action. So, oops, I'm not, give me a second to, was that a dog? Uh, yes, it was. Okay. Um, yeah, let me get this set up here. Sorry, I wasn't ready.
0: Um, and, and one of the things we should note is um, his, his um, model of, of um, disruption, Via nonviolent means, you know he he really he really um, learned that um, from from the work of Gandhi um, of Muhammad Gandhi um, and and Gandhi's practicing of a himself do no harm um, and and basically how Gandhi through nonviolent actions was probably the main instigating force that um, um, frustrated the British enough that they were like okay fine have your damn country we're we're out. <laughs> uh yeah. sort, sort of deal um so so
2: yeah yeah wanted... so that's that's yeah and it's not about not being uncomfortable right it's actually about driving the tension exactly
1: okay play this part Direct action seeks to create such a crisis and foster such a tension that a community which has constantly refused to negotiate is forced to confront the issue. It seeks so to dramatize the issue that it can no longer be ignored. My citing the creation of tension as part of the work of the nonviolent resistor may sound rather shocking, but I must confess that I am not afraid of the word tension. I have earnestly opposed violent tension but that is a type of constructive, nonviolent tension which is necessary for growth. Just as Socrates felt that it was necessary to create a tension in the mind so that individuals could rise from the bondage of myths and half-truths to the unfettered realm of creative analysis and objective appraisal, so must we see the need for nonviolent gadflies to create the kind of tension in society that will help men arise from the dark depths of prejudice and racism to the majestic heights of understanding and brotherhood.
0: I love that nonviolent gadflies. Irritants. Be, be, yeah. Being, an, being an irritant in nonviolent irritant, uh, for justice.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's that's me. I'm happily being a, a gadfly. Well, so this is the 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 reason I pulled this was because one, I I was feeling tension as I moved through the whole exhibit, mm-hmm. and also you and I have talked about so often about people's aversion to tension yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and how do I spiritually bypass this and he, what he's actually working at is creating more of it, is to bringing it forward and um, um, and uh, you know creating more of it nonviolent tension right and and that uh it's that's how that's how we're going to move forward and i thought okay 60 years ago still having the conversation still have everybody sort of avoiding it um,
0: um i think i think i think um but also still people creating the tension um yes as, as well the tension the tension still the tension is still there and i think um, I think we're a little bit closer to not by much, but a little bit closer of of many of us um, leaning into that tension um, right. uh, instead of seeking to um, avoid or bypass. Um, you know, I think the majority are still doing that. but i think I think slowly but surely, um people are beginning to realize this is where this is the 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 tension is the pathway to resolution, not. Yes. Not had an intention is not taking us in the opposite uh, direction. Oh,
2: right. Well, cause that's, um, you know, that, that, that element of, you know, I want to, you know, you want to decolonize, you want to deconstruct and it's the tension that's going to sort of break the pillars that hold up the system. And we have to, yeah. um, it, it's just not, not, you know, You you just, you have to be willing to do it. And I think as a, as a white body, I have to be, I, my work is to keep pushing that tension. And, and the other thing is also don't forget that, you know, there's moments I have to rest, you know, and there's Mm -hmm. moments I have to pull back, but how am I, how am I moving through that tension?
0: Um, And part of my, part of my job as a body of culture is to uh, help, help create some of that tension. Yeah,
2: yeah. Be, well, be
0: as be as ga- be as, as I can.
2: That's right. Well, he says right after, shortly after this, he says, you know, another quote that a lot of people know is that we know through painful experience that freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor; it must be demanded by the oppressed. Right. And um, that's what we're seeing with you know the protesting and marching around the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Um. The other thing that that really struck me from um his uh, from his letter and by watching this, this uh, going through this exhibit was, and he said it earlier, early on I mentioned about waiting, you know, um, and having to wait, you know, the white clergy says you need to wait and be patient. But he, um, so let me, I just want to play this part because he talks about how insane the idea of waiting is.
1: For years now I have heard the word wait It rings in the ear of every Negro with piercing familiarity. This wait has almost always meant never. We must come to see with one of our distinguished jurists that justice too long delayed is justice denied. We have waited for more than 340 years for our constitutional and God-given rights.
0: Waitin, waitin almost always means never.
2: Right, and I, um, I at times find us doing the same thing today. You know, especially in in some spiritual circles and and churches, like you know, wait, like wait for the time to have difficult conversations. Wait for the time to be you know actively engaged wait till you know what the right thing to say is wait and um, the he makes it very clear that the only way someone could ask them to wait is because they themselves have never been on the receiving end of the humiliation and discrimination and right. so for him the, the time to act was at hand there's no waiting um, it's always easy for those who haven't had to wait to ask yes. others yeah.
0: others to wait don't know you don't know yeah. what it's like
2: Um, So then he um, then he then he goes on. um, I think this is one of my um, this is into a piece where he talks about um, the white moderate and his disappointment and, you know, the the harm that the white moderate has done. And he's again, he's he's talking to the white clergy. But today I would I would actually probably replace the word white moderate with the white progressive. Um, If the shoe fits. Well, right. Yeah. Either one, 20, you know, white, moderate, white, progressive. But it made me think of when I was, you know, listening to him and, and reading it again, it made me think of, you know, we when we did the, the book study, the white racism, you know, and the white progressive. Right. Um, And.
0: Go ahead. I mean, nice racism. I think you said white racism, which is oh nice. Oh, God. Which isn't wrong.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just nice just racism. wasn't the
0: book title. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and he and and th- this too is uh, so when you listen to this piece, I I was I that's what I was imagining as I was walking through this Art Deco and looking at these installations and and reading the little the little plackets and and imagining okay, so this is like this is so where where was the the backstory to what I'm looking at, you know, right. whether it was a painting or a photograph or a vase. So here's um,
1: Janine Jewish Brothers. Yeah. First, I must must confess that over the past few years I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klan, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you and the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time, and who constantly advises a Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will.
0: Um, So it's like the more things change, the more things stay the same, because, you know, we can we can replace, um, you know, Ku Klux Klaner with, I don't know, Proud Boys, uh, Oath Keepers, Oath Keepers, uh, MAGA Republicans, um, you know, and and what's what we're seeing more and more is um, those don't let me choke on my own words. Uh, good-hearted Republicans, who 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 are silent, who are yeah. not speaking out against those ex- the extremes of of their parties, and um and and as a result are doing equal harm. Um yeah. and and don't think they're doing equal harm as well. Um and it's been really it's been really interesting to. Um, read some polling as these January 6 hearings have gone on and seen more and more, uh, you know, of the, for lack of a better term, uh, mainstream old school Republicans more and more coming out and saying, yeah, we don't want Trump to run in 2024. And if he gets the nominee, we're not going to vote for him. Um, I think there's, there's a, there's there's a willingness to say that more and more out loud now. Now, is there a willingness to vote for, you know, a Democratic contender to make sure that that. Yeah. Um, that if trump gets the nomination he doesn't get back into power i don't i don't know right but but no vote uh not voting is voting let's 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 be let's be clear about that um and and i say that as someone who for years did not did not vote thinking like many other people what's the point nothing's gonna change um right and i was right nothing changed because i wasn't voting um and 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 many many others so so this is really I mean, this is really an invitation for for those sitting on the sidelines, especially those sitting on the sidelines, white bodies sitting on the sidelines thinking um, I am I'm am not the worst of my kind. Therefore, I'm OK um, yeah. as, as as well. And also and also for uh, bodies of culture who who are mired in despair and have lost hope thinking what. You know what's the point? Um, to know that that when when we don't make it a point, those who are seeking to further dismantle justice and take away rights, they're they're working nonstop, right? We have to remember that um, this success of overturning Roe v. Wade has been fifty years in the making. Right? I mean, talk about a friggin' long game. Fifty years in the making. Um and yeah so so so
2: well he he i think what the two things from this piece that really leap out at me is um that uh so many of what you're referring to you know of you know anybody who is devoted more to order than to justice then uh, okay, you need to go away. <laughs> I and I don't yeah. and I you know y- you have to be committed to justice, which is that tension, which is that this is not okay. And what am I doing? Um, he's and he says right after that that he um, um you know that black people understood the intentions of the KKK and and they were clear, but it was the white moderates and you know even today white moderates white progressives who are you know have that you yeah. know it's harder to tell um,
0: it is it is it is well it's becoming easier I think um, yeah. but but I think um you know to to bring it in the context of of spiritual communities um we've come we've we've conflated um the absence of tension or the avoidance of tension with peace um yes and, yes. and you know there's this emphasis on creating inner peace and living yep. from a place of inner peace um yep. in, in 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 spiritual communities um and and setting the intention for peace um and and that that becomes the bypass because it can't it can't be peace if we're if we're uh being this catalyst for tension um as well and if tension is what justice requires then 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 we can't we can't do that right because that's that's not creating peace that's um so so it's it's a. Uh, I think we've also um, missed missed the mark that um, when there isn't justice, there isn't peace. No justice, no peace. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah. So, so we, so in in many ways, uh, we and again throwing myself under the bus here, we've sort of been lying to ourselves, and as a result, um, we've been perpetuating the systems of injustice by thinking we are. Um, honoring our spiritual directives to be at peace,
2: right? Yeah. So, and the other, so just two, two, two things before we wrap up um is in that piece that I just played. He he says it. This, I guess, this is where hope comes in for me. He says I've almost reached the regrettable conclusion, et cetera, et cetera. But he says the word almost, <laughs> and and well, because I I. Uh, I think he's just what being was nice. Funny. I, think
0: was, I think he was there. I think he's just being nice.
2: <laughs> well, I, I don't know. When he says the word I've almost reached the regrettable conclusion. Uh, because I think even sitting in jail, he, mm-hmm. he you know, in this and, and subsequent speeches, that he still thinks it's possible. He still well, believes I, that this is, you know. I, I, and, I still and so, when uh, I, so when I hear him say almost, I'm like, okay, I can find a piece of hope. If yeah. Martin Luther King in the middle of this can have hope, you know, okay.
0: Yeah, I, I i have I have hope as well, and 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 I think part of the realization that he's he's implying here is that like no one group of us can do it by ourselves, right? Right? Bodies of culture, people of color alone, we can't create the justice. Uh, white bodies alone, you can't create the justice. We we have to be on the same page together because the injustices affect us all, sure, differently. Um, but but there is that sense of, and and I think if he didn't believe this, he wouldn't have written this letter in the first place.
2: Yeah,
0: right. Uh, to 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 say to the white clergy like, you know, I understand your heart's in the right place. However, yeah, right. You know, sitting on it is not going to bring about the change. You you right. said you believe in my mission. However, you're you're also saying to me slow your roll and and no you can't you can't have it both ways um and i think that's i think that's what is is once again happening to this day you know the the idea of of again let's let's not be disruptive let's not upend everything all at once um and it there is the you know to quote to, to borrow from his race the almost vain effort to to continue to amend this system as opposed to remake it.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he um after this he um there's the I just have one more it's like okay. a minute long clip that's at the end, but but after this piece in in the letter he talks um he, he says that their cause you know he's again he's talking to white clergy um Um, is, you know, certainly the cause is righteous, and they have called him an extremist. And the reality is, is that he absolutely gladly embraces that. Um, He says that wasn't Jesus an extremist for love? Wasn't the Apostle Paul an extremist for the gospel? Wasn't Socrates an extremist for truth? Um, And that if, you know, if this is the, the group or the line of extremists that he's, you know, the lineage of extremists, then he's just fine with that. And so that, for me, is is kind of our call. Uh, we're shy away from being an extremist. But I think that's we need to be that's part of the tension is pushing more of us into an extremist. And extremist doesn't mean violence. No, it
0: doesn't. And personally, personally, I would distance myself from Paul a little bit. Uh, Paul had some issues. Paul could have done yes. with, with some therapy um, yes clearly he had he had some things he
2: had to resolve um, he did but that's <laughs> for martin luther king an extremist for the gospel like yes he was out you know regardless and, 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 personally but yeah
0: and for his time paul did some good work um yeah yes
2: so um so anyway so at the end of the letter he he just brings um you know brings the the civil rights um you know kind of down out of the clouds and 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 out of the clouds, meaning it's right here and it's right now. And and to, you know, shine a light on it for all of us. This is like one of the the last bits of the, the letter
1: freedom abused and scorned, though we may be our destiny is tied up with America's destiny. Before the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, we were here before the pen of Jefferson It's the majestic words of the Declaration of Independence across the pages of history we were here. For more than two centuries, our forebears labored in this country without wages. They made cotton king. They built the homes of their masters while suffering gross injustice and shameful humiliation. And yet out of a bottomless vitality, they continued to thrive and develop If the inexpressible cruelties of slavery could not stop us, the opposition we now face will surely fail. We will win our freedom because the sacred heritage of our nation and the eternal will of the almighty God are embodied in our echoing demands.
2: I love that embodied in our echoing demands.
1: I love the bottomless
0: vitality. Yep. AKA black magic and black joy.
2: I was just thinking that I was just (laughs) thinking that. Yeah. Bottomless vitality. Yeah. So that's how art deco and letter to a Birmingham jail came together. There you go. I I was having these thoughts as I was moving through the exhibit and as I was enjoying it and there's some wonderful things about it, uh, and i could feel the tension building
0: yeah and and the tension really by what wasn't there right it was it was it was pretty obvious well i shouldn't say it was pretty obvious to some it probably wasn't but uh but to the but to those of us who who know to ask deeper questions um what was missing was was pretty apparent and yeah. There
2: was just these little, little, it, it seemed like a little nod to African-American, you know, but, contribution to Art right. Deco. But. Yeah.
0: So, so, so rather, rather than tension, we'll, you know, maybe just do a little scratch and, yep. 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 and, 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 and then pat ourselves on the back for saying, look what we did.
2: Um, yeah. Well, and, and the scary You know, sad irony is the room right next door with a different exhibit is Africa.
0: I look forward to the uh, to the letter to the Kansas City Museum.
2: (laughs) Okay, you got it.
0: We'll see. We'll see
2: how that works out. (laughs) Yep
0: looking forward to it uh thank you thank you thank you for thank you for making that connection and thank you for for really inviting us to re to revisit this this piece of uh I mean it's it's this letter is it's art really is what it is this this piece of art this this challenge that has been laid before us that again this is why we have our title was the letter lost in the mail because because we, we still haven't answered this call yet um mm-hmm. and you know uh, to quote lizzo it's about damn time so let's get on it people and um as we wrap up thank you for um a wonderful fir- first season of your support over a uh, thousand episodes uh, downloaded you're spreading the word uh, we keep getting more listeners um we're glad that you are with us please as always whatever podcast platform you're listening on uh, rate us share it with your friends invite them to listen if they don't know what a podcast is send them to uh with love and justice for all.podbean.com on 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 the computers on their on their on their old-fashioned browsers and uh,
2: uh
0: they, they, <laughs> now I was, don't I, get too I, ages i didn't i didn't think i didn't think i had as i was going into it um but <laughs> i didn't i didn't mention the age of anybody listen mm-hmm. listen let's be clear there's some millennials and gen z folk who are who are still fairly like they don't know what a podcast is i've i know they're few and far between but but you know, know big big so again don't 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 put me in that box that I didn't walk into thank you very much yes dear, um, yes, dear. all right uh, so um, as i said we're wrapping up our season today and we will let you know when we are returning um, it'll probably be late august sure let's go with that um, Kelly's not in not Late in her August, head.
2: early September that's Demurly. what I was thinking too. oh okay yeah. oh
0: okay all right all right why don't we just decide it now we take August off and be back in September okay excellent it's been See, decided
2: that's how you do business you just <laughs> decide
0: I don't know if that's how you should do business but it's no but happens. it's pleasure driven it was definitely a pleasure driven decision so yeah so we're out we're out for August and we'll return at some determined date in September uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves and like plan too much now. Um, I know, right? And um, <laughs> um, any, any any closing any closing words?
2: No, just thank you as always. It's been a wonderful season, and I look forward to more uh, crime and consciousness work uh,
0: with you as well. So, uh, so for you folks listening, lean into the tension. Uh, continue to get yourselves in some good trouble, and continue helping us create this world of love and justice for all. We will see you in a few weeks.